So I'm doing this one off a three-hour nap I just woke up from, so I'm coming in fully charged. Stephanie's been doing really good, really, really good. She still has the motor functions of, like, a toddler. Like, she can get around and stuff, but, like, she still will use the wheelchair just because it's a little bit safer, especially if she's doing stuff alone, like cooking um, or doing her, her own meds. Um, which she's doing now, by the way. I did meds for her pretty much every night um, for the last almost year and a half. But she started doing them herself for the last few weeks at night. She can crush up the pills and um, do it all with her, her peg tube by herself. Which is awesome for me because, honestly, out of everything, that is probably the like the most boring thing. Because it's so monotonous and there's so many pills. Like, there's, like, a certain number that are the actual meds that she needs that the doctor prescribes, but then she loves natural healing and alternative medicine stuff, which I guess isn't a bad thing, but she has all of these homeopathic medicines and everything she's got to do. Like, somehow she has, like, three times as much stuff. Like, she has three times as much medicine to take as she did a year ago when she was actually more sick. But like I said, she's doing it on her own, which is great for me. Gives me a little bit, one less thing I got to worry about. But she's doing good. She is just incredibly mighty. I think that's probably the best word for it. Um, her spirits are doing good. as mostly because she's able to be more independent. She can cook and do dishes and stuff and just feel useful. And that's very important for everybody. Everybody, you, you want to be loved and valued but you want to be valued because you're valuable. You bring something of value to the community. You're not just sitting there on the receiving. It's, it's good to give as well. Your revenge just has to go both ways. You have to be able to contribute, and that gives you a sense of worth. And with that worth, that's how you're able to feel like, okay, I, you know, I'm worthy of the love and care and support that I am getting. Let's do some quick updates on her. She's still at... UT Southwestern Gate Program, it is an outpatient program, so she'll, instead of going like every day, it's kind of like she goes once a week to meet with her very specialist OT, ST speech and everything like that, um, and then they will give her homework to do for the week. She's been doing really well with that, has a couple of appointments here and there. Certain things are still healing, like the eyes and everything, which is indicative of the brain healing because something like that won't heal off of therapy it will only heal because the brain is healing so she's doing well still working on swallowing um, so she can get that too about still waiting on her to be able to take all her medicine uh, orally just with water still waiting on those thin liquids so everybody who supported us and who has taken time to listen to this and Every little thing that everybody has done, I really do appreciate it, and she does too. It, it's that's what keeps that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps people, you know, able to wake up that next day and push again. So I mean, even today, I got some really good advice from a, a friend I don't really see that much, but we were talking about it, and he was like, you know, all you can do is just be there for her and support her. You can't you can't stop what's happening like you can't change what's happening so you don't need to put that on yourself you just be there for her and you give as much as you can 
but you know you don't neglect yourself and I know she appreciates you and, and everything you're doing I was like wow thanks buddy but it's the little things like that so I appreciate that all that being said I um, really wanted to jump into something that I think it, according to science like 94% of people in America deal with some level of depression and anxiety on like a daily basis and over the la and I've I've definitely dealt with that those through my life but the way I've engaged them over the last sort of year and a half since this whole process started has really changed my views on myself and how these sort of states of consciousness and mental states really they're sort of psychophysiological states just how, how we interact with them how we go about viewing them one thing that getting through all this has really shown me about myself is that it's given me a sense of security knowing that I am never going to just like lose my mind and become like a crazy homeless person for some reason that was always a fear I had growing up that I was just going to snap maybe I was going to you know accidentally do some bad acid or something and just microwave my brain and end up like a hobo or something or that something really traumatic would happen and I would just lose it and not be able to keep my shit together and just like go crazy but I realize now that, hey, you know, if I can be through, get through all this stuff we've gone through over the last two years, and I'm still all right, like, I'm, I'm still holding it together, like, okay, I'm good, all right, I got enough solid mental structures going on in there, despite what basically everybody who's ever met me probably thinks. That really, I almost had, early, early on in this process, when she was first, Stephanie was first in the hospital, I almost did kind of have a, a mental um, I just felt like I was going to have a really bad anxiety attack. It was like maybe two weeks into this whole process, I knew she was about to have the uh, the biopsy. It was still, in a, there were still a lot of unknowns. She was getting spinal taps. She was losing motor functions. She had just had the tube put in her nose. I had spent a long time at the hospital. I was, you know, sleeping maybe five hours a week, so I was pretty worn thin. And I went to go see, you know, I had some friends. They told me, Hey, let's uh, just come ha come hang out with us. You know, you don't need to, to be alone right now. Get around some people. Get get your energy up. I was like, okay, so so I go over to hang out with my friends, and we're hanging out, having a couple of drinks, and somebody produced some um, cannabis, as it's known on the streets, of which I did partake, and I immediately sort of felt that initial nervous rush, that sort of paranoid rush, sort of bubbling up in the bubbles in a, a pot or something like it was about to boil over it was boiling up this pressure was building it was rising up within me and it was everybody sort of has a, a collective of voices that comprise your your mind your consciousness and you're sort of all of them it's it's comparable to the movie inside out which i love i actually cried a little bit at the end of that movie that's how i get down you know and there's always one voice that is curled up in the fetal position, you know, crying, doom and gloom. And, um, as this, this paranoid feeling, this real bad anxiety, sense of helplessness started to swell up within me. Um, this voice, you know, I felt it like, Oh no, 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 no this, is it, this is it. This is it. Sort of taking over the, the conversation that was happening internally. And, uh, I felt it. I was like, Oh no, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. I'm about to freak out. I'm about to freak the hell out. And like right as it sort of hit this apex, like this other voice within me sound like freaking DMX 
from, you know, it's dark and hell is hot. He was like, shut the hell up. Like, you know, we got time for that shit. Like, Stephanie's in the hospital. Like, you got to keep your shit together. Like, you got you to gotta keep it, keep it, keep, just keep your head on your shoulders. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of just, like, slapped me. Um, like, something from a movie. And uh, I just sort of woke me up. And uh, I was like, yeah, 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 hell yeah, yeah. No, I got this. I got this. It's, it's, it's going to be terrible. Like, it's going to be terrible. And I'm going to be stressed out. But there's no, there's, there's no benefit to being anxious about it. Like, there's... You know, Stephanie's dependent on me. She needs me to keep my shit together. So at the very least, I got to be able to do that. You know, I'm no good to her from curled up crying in the closet, um, which did happen a couple times. So that was the only time. After I got through that, I knew sort of, okay, all right, I'm going to be able to, to hold it together at least at that level, especially when she was had that second flare-up in August, pretty much all fall of 2017. I was having really bad anxiety. It was at work, it was stressful, and I was not doing anything really to take care of myself. I wasn't doing any exercise, nothing of the sort, for several months there. And, you know, in the evening sometimes I'd sit down with her and, you know, we'd be, you know, watching a show or something, um, you know, The Office or Stranger Things or something like that. And we'd just be sitting there watching the show and I would be shaking just my whole body would be sort of vibrating because it was this anxiety it was this internal sort of argument with all these different voices and all this this different stuff all these worries that were were coming up and just constant I couldn't stop thinking about it I couldn't stop chewing on them and it just conjured this like a angry hornet's nest of energy and of anxious anxious energy and anxious thoughts that were coursing through me and I could feel it just moving through me moving I could like it was like getting I was getting short of breath I was holding my breath you know she would ask me she was like why are you shaking you're literally shaking you know I would have that some mornings I would wake up and I would just get hit with everything it took me forever to get going it's still like mornings are still the roughest thing for me I'm not really a morning person I've never really liked mornings always been way more of a night owl and in the mornings I would wake up and I would just get hit with all this stuff and um, all the worries, all the things I was trying to anticipate, all the potential conflicts I was trying to prepare myself for, uh, you know, psychologically. And I think that's a lot of where anxiety comes from, is trying to anticipate the future and you start, it comes from trying to anticipate the future and you start thinking, okay, well, if they, this person says that or I'm going to say this, because that's, that's how it is for me. It's a lot of, you know, potential conflict of, okay, this person's going to be mad at me for that, or there's this problem, you start trying to avoid all these problems, you start worrying about every single problem that might arise, and all the potential uh, response options that you have, and, oh, if they do this, I'm going to do this, if this happens, I need to do this, and what if this happens, I don't know what to do, but let me tell you, that is the stupidest thing to do. It's not that you're stupid for doing it, because a lot of people do it, but it is a stupid thing to do, because you cannot predict the future. Who are you, you little human living day to day with the past that you carry, trying to anticipate the future, trying to carry the weight of the future on you? You don't know what's going to happen. And in fact, most of the things you worry about are never going to happen. And the things, the real bullshit that's going to punch you right in the freaking nose when you're not expecting it is stuff you never lost a second of sleep over. I had many, many worries and many things I was anxious about before Stephanie got sick, and none of them were really ever an issue. Do you want to know how much time I spent worrying about Stephanie getting sick? Zero. None. Never, 
lost a second of sleep over it. So there's no point to feeding those thoughts. If you are dealing with anxiety and you're having these issues, it's perfectly natural. Like it's, it's, it's perfectly natural to have this. It's just a defense mechanism. It's our way of, it's first of all, it's a consequence of our capacity to understand time. Like animals, especially, you know, lower animals, um, they don't really have an understanding of time like humans do. They don't plan for things. They don't keep records of history, so on and so forth. We get an added survival benefit due to our ability to perceive and comprehend time, um, at least to the level that we can. Obviously, there are things we, we don't understand about it, uh, particularly the fact that it's probably an illusion. But we get these added benefits from it, but there are also consequences, which is the fact that we get anxiety. We're trying to predict the future. We worry about the future. We think of all the, the potential issues that could arise. A lot of our worry and anxiety manifests from this place. I would say, first of all, if, if this is something that you're feeling, this is still something I, I, I deal with every morning. I wake up, I'm, I'm anxious about something, one thing or another. But you can't predict what's going to happen. When you are feeling this, just understand that it is natural. But also, I guess try to let the thoughts go. Try to let it become still. It's kind of like when you are trying, you're scared of something as a kid, and you try, you actively try to not think about it. It's sort of antithetical to falling asleep. The harder you try, the harder it's going to avoid you. So... Don't try to get on top of it. Don't try to control these thoughts. Just acknowledge them. Acknowledge the things that you're worried about. Acknowledge the things that you're afraid of. And acknowledge that you, you don't have control over them. A big thing that will help is also to have meditative hobbies. Meditation is a, is a great thing to do. Something I actually have started doing um, when I'm feeling anxious is I'll practice my handwriting. I have the most like hideous but ugly handwriting you've probably ever seen. I don't think I've written in cursive in 15 years since freaking George Bush was in office. So I'll do something like that. Having certain, you know, very basic, simple hobbies, meditative things will help to dissipate that anxiety. It, you focus intensely with the front of your mind and the rest of your mind can sort of relax. A lot of anxiety is tension. You're just holding tension in that pressure builds and builds and builds. You have to acknowledge that, man, like, listen, you're going to die someday. Everybody's going to die someday. Everybody you love is going to die someday, but it's nothing to worry about. That's just part of what's happening. It's a perfectly natural process. It's not anything to be afraid of. It's no more to be feared than just falling asleep. It really is. Anxiety is too much focused on the future and things you can't control. Conversely, depression is too much past. It's letting the weight of certain things bear on you too heavily because the past is not real. Your old decisions do not define you. Every day you wake up, you start anew. Every day you wake up is another chance to be whoever it is you're trying to be. You just do it one decision at a time, one day at a time. A very dismissive way that people in our culture will talk about depression is they'll use the phrase, oh, it's all in your head. Oh, you know, if you're anxious or if you're depressed, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Well, yeah, it's all in your head. Do you know what else is all in your head? Everything. Everything. The beginning and the end of the cosmos, everything you experience, everything you, you, you've ever done, every all of your memories, it's all happening in your head. 
that's not to say that it's without consequence. It's still real. Everything in your head is real because it's what you experience. When you see something, that is your brain making sense in your head. That is your brain making sense of light information that your eyes pick up. It's not out there. It's happening in inside of you, inside your mind. I'm not a doctor. I don't plan. I don't uh, profess to have all the answers on this. I'm not telling anybody to not take any medicine. I think medicine is great. I think another thing that people are very dismissive of is the the medical community, and I've had developed a lot of cynicisms towards it um, over this whole process because I've seen a lot of incompetencies and a lot of failures and a lot of ways that the medical community is pretty much just a business. But still, modern medicine and modern technology are just miracles of human ingenuity. I think they're very helpful, but I would say that depression is, in many ways, it's not necessarily a negative state. I would say it's more of a neutral state. It's like a revenge neutral state. It's nothing really feels good. Nothing really feels bad. You just kind of don't want to, to do anything. I have found, I've, I've gone through waves, various states in my life of, you know, heavy depression, suicidal thoughts, things like that. And what has always helped the most is getting uncomfortable really doing things that are not comfortable because a lot of times when you're depressed you just want to lay in bed you just want to try to get as comfortable as you can but it's almost like at a certain point when you've laid in bed too long like your comfort units are like filled up like your comfort meter is at full and you can't absorb any more comfort so you have to go out and do things that you do not want to do that do not feel good and it can be something as simple as going on a 10 minute walk or cleaning your room you, you're not ever, if you're waiting until you feel like doing it, you're never going to do it. You're never going to feel like doing it. If you really are dealing with depression, there are things you can do to mitigate how it impacts your life on top of, you know, taking, taking medicine, taking medication. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. I know everybody's brain chemistry is very unique and, you know, what works for some person can make another person just lose it. So I always think of this sort of example is about 10 years ago, my dad was, he went to the hospital, he went to the doctor and got checked out and they said, okay, you're pre-diabetic, so you can either take this medication or you can lose 20 pounds, you can exercise and get healthy. He did the second, he went and, you know, he exercised, he worked out, he got healthy, physically he got healthy, he, he changed his lifestyle. I think that changing your lifestyle can have a lot of benefits to minimize the impact of depression and anxiety in your life if that's something you are dealing with. You know, you can live a physically more healthy, more or less healthy life just like you can live a psychologically more or less healthy life. I think definitely consuming a lot of media, a lot of high stimulant media, um, will add to anxiety. Doing things like reading or you know cleaning with music on or something, certain things like that do uh, have benefits. They do have psychological benefits. If you are dealing with depression, I think there are things that you can do daily. Things you can do to change your your lifestyle to to help yourself be a little bit less depressed and I think this can work in combination with medicine and you can build momentum to changing that. I, like I said earlier, I, I think that being depressed isn't necessarily a, a negative state. It's not the same as being heartbroken. It's not the same as like, oh, you're injured and you're in pain. 
it's more of a, a neutral state. And to get out of the neutral state, you sort of have to get the pendulum swinging. And sometimes that can be as much as just doing something that's very discomfort or very, you know, just not, doesn't feel good, feels bad, makes you uncomfortable. Go get dirty. So that way you can enjoy the feeling of getting cleaned up. Understand that also depression, like anxiety, it's a very natural response to the weird bullshit culture that we have. Like, if you are not dealing, I think sometimes, like, if you're not dealing, don't ever feel depressed, at least a little bit, there's probably something wrong with you. I think it's, it's perfectly natural to look around and see how disconnected we are, how unnatural our lives are, how much just false bullshit we focus on all the time. Social media, movies, magazines, like, it's so fake. It's so not real. And that's what one thing that depression is a response to is a response to all this bullshit. You're not getting what you need in life. You're not waking up in a in a in a more natural environment and living a life where you have immediate input and output for your own survival and genuine connections with people. I think that's why you get so much depression in first world countries like ours and not in other cultures. Because like if you wake up every day and you're like, damn, I hope we find some water today, like so my little kids don't die. Like you don't have time to be depressed. You're you like you gotta get you, like there's a fire under your ass. Like you gotta make moves. It's fairly new, and uh, as a culture, we're just figuring it out. We're figuring out how to respond to it. Um, you know, it's finally coming out of how many people take medicine to deal with anxiety and depression. It's a perfectly natural response to how unnatural our environment is. But so don't worry about it. Don't don't add anything to it other than what you're already feeling. If you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, don't beat yourself up about it. That's a good start. And try to get yourself at least get the, the your body into a healthy state. You know, at least get the machine to where it's a little bit stronger. That way, if your body's healthier and stronger, it can bear some of the load off of your mind. So that's just stuff that I practice, and it's it's helped me over the last two years, and maybe it'll help you, and maybe you will tell, say, like, hey, Rob, go fly a kite. Like, you give the worst advice ever. So at least if that happens, that means you're listening. If that's the case, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Stay beautiful. I'll see you later. Bye.